Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Neil McGeever. So, the last time I spoke was the first Sunday in August, and I talked about pursuit. And the main focus that I talked about in that Sunday was what are, we're focusing on. Are we focusing on God? Are we putting God in that right place in our lives, if you remember? Well, I want to talk today about a very specific aspect of pursuing God. Now, I have this statement, and it's basically the, the title of my sermon. And here's the statement. I'm dead. How about you? <laughs> Let me repeat that. I'm dead. How about you? Are you dead? <laughs> A very important aspect of pursuing God is dying to self. It's dying to self. So we're going to be talking about that this morning. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Now, first, I want to turn to Matthew 11. Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to be looking at verses 28 to 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. And there's a reason for this. This is an important note before we get going on this. Jesus says in the King James Version, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we're talking about dying to ourself, it's not about striving to do it under our own ability and our own ways of doing it. We have a choice to let him. See how it says right in the middle here in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. He wants to teach us. He wants to grow us. He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. He wants to encourage us. He Learn of him. He's going to show you how to get rid of that little part of your old self that you still need to die to that's possibly still hanging on in your life. Because he knows you better than you know yourself. So he knows the perfect way for you to get rid of that without having to strive, without having to um, work at it and try and do it to the best of your ability. He's going to show you how you can just walk along and one day it's like, whew, it's gone. It's gone. Just because... He's shown you. Let me read it again. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're trying to die to yourself, and it's a struggle, and it's a frustration, you're not in his rest. Let me just put that out there. You're not in his rest. Because when you're in rest, you're at peace. There's a peace inside of you. There's a, there's, he, he may be talking to you about stuff in your life. That's fine. But there's going to be a peace, and you're going to know that it's going to be taken care of. So if you're struggling with it, just you give it to him. Remember, it says that he says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. 
So you're like, oh, Lord, I've been trying to get rid of this part of me for the longest time. Oh, and it just doesn't seem to be going. So I give it to you because you are far better able to take care of it than I ever would be or can be or will be. And then he's able to do something with it. He's able to take it, right? He's able to take that part of you and show you how just to let go of it because he has a better way for you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Okay. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. I'm getting to use the new Bible that I got for my birthday. It's a side-by-side one with the King James and the Amplified. I'm so blessed. (laughs) Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verse 3. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified for this one. It says, For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. And your new, real life is hidden with Christ in God. That's an interesting way to put it. Your new, real life is hidden with Christ in God. Living life in this world seems sometimes like fun. Like they're having a whole bunch of fun. And they're getting out and having a great time with their friends and getting COVID and then having to go and quarantine themselves. And <laughs> Oh, did that come out of my mouth? <laughs> the world seems enticing is what I'm trying to say. It can seem enticing at times, like they're having more fun possibly than we are. But the truth of the matter is because that is a lie of the devil. And I am here to to as living proof of that. I spent the majority of my Christian life thinking that I was going to be missing out on something if I fully gave myself completely to the Lord. And so I spent my life walking kind of like down the center line of the road. So you're walking with one foot on each side of the center line. So I'm partly in walking with Christ and I was partly walking with the world because I didn't want to miss out on anything. I would... I would do silly things like in the mornings I'd listen to KL, it was KLYN back then when I was doing it, it's KWPZ now I think, and listen to the Christian radio station from down in Seattle in the morning, but then I would go and listen in, to the rock request line at lunchtime because I, I really enjoyed rock and roll music and stuff like that. And, and so just that's a really simple Um, example of what I'm talking about. Believe me, it was a lot more pervasive, a lot more um, entrenched in my life than just that. (laughs) Praise God he got a hold of me. The truth is, is that your, your life in Christ is your real life. It is a life that is so full of purpose, so full of satisfaction, so full of joy, so full of peace, so full of mercy and grace and love that it once you get a hold of it and once you allow it to work in your life, there's no going back because nothing from this world can even come close to comparing to it. That's why it says it is the real life that is hidden in Christ Jesus, in Christ in, with Christ in God, sorry. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When you let your old life die, when you let it go away from you, then you can start walking in that real life that God has for you, that the Holy Spirit has for you, that you know that there's those unctions in your life, in, in your heart, that you're, you're like, oh, yeah, I know I, just, I, I know I should be doing that, but uh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. And so you just kind of go back to what you know what to do, Right? And kind of go back to your old patterns and your old ways because you're not really sure about how to go this way that you know that the Lord's calling you to and into that, that joy and satisfaction that he has. And so you just kind of settle for, for what was. 
what was comfortable, what you thought was satisfying to you. But you see, we're going to see this as we go through the scriptures today, so I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but if he's telling you to do it, he's going to show you how to do it. He's going to give you the way to do it. He's going to give you the... T- he's, he's, he knows every single little detail that you need to know when you need to know it. Every single little detail that you need to know on how to step forth into that real life that he has for you. Every single detail. Oh, when I found that out, I didn't really know exactly what my life was going to look like. At that point, I did not see myself up here preaching. But I knew that I had to make that step. And so I just started to step. And as I started to step, he lit my path. He showed me where I was, and he showed me where I was going. He lit my path. He showed me the next step. He gave me the next way to do it. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he showed me how to get into real life in God, in Christ full of joy and mercy and grace and love and fun. Oh my goodness, fun. It is fun to walk with the Lord. It is fun to do his, the things that he puts on your heart to do. It is fun. There is nothing more exciting than being able to, to speak life into somebody's life, no matter who it is. It is just, there's a joy that is almost indescribable in that. And when you get that joy, then all of a sudden you've got that strength coming up in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And you want to do more. Hallelujah. You're strong now in the Lord. Woo. Woo. I'm preaching myself happy this morning. (laughs) Praise God. We've only got to the first verse. (laughs) Hallelujah. His life for you is the real life. It is the real life. Mm, Hallelujah. Okay. Let's move to Galatians chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at verses 15 to 21. Let's start in the King James. So chapter 2 in Galatians 15 to 21. We who, I'm just, uh, the reason I'm doing so many verses is to set kind of the stage, to, to put it in context, what we want. We're looking at the main verse here is 20. We who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Let's just stop there for a second. The works of the law is us trying to live in our old self, trying to do it under our own power, trying to think about it in our own, with, our, with our own brain, with our own mind, and not allowing God to do what he wants to do. So if, if we're trying to keep ourselves and justify ourselves under the law, we're really taking hold of our old self and trying to do it under our old ways. Everybody with me? Okay. But, verse 17, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. God forbid says, no way, that's not right. Verse 18, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Hmm. So, if we're trying to run our life, even as a Christian, you're trying to walk your life as a Christian, doing it your way, trying to, do, trying to get to attain what God wants you to do by doing it your way, by holding on to your old self and not dying to yourself, basically, Christ has died in vain. He, he has died for no reason. Selah. He has died for no reason if we're trying to do it on our own power and our own ability. The very reason that he went to the cross was to set us free from our past, to set us free from our sin, to, to bring us into that perfect communion with God, to learn of him, to grow in him, to become more like him, to walk in the ways that he has for us. Amen? Amen. This is what we're here for. Verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So if we've died to ourself, if we've let go of our old self, the life that we now live in this fleshly body right now has nothing to do with our own abilities it has everything to do with Christ's ability in us. The hope of glory. <clears throat> the God that does exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's turn to Luke 9. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 18. And it, and it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him. And he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? They answered and said, John the Baptist. But some say, Elias. And others say, that, the, that one of the old prophets is risen again. He said unto them, this is Jesus speaking in verse 20, but whom say ye that I am? Peter answering said, the Christ of God. And he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be risen the third day. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in the Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not, be ta shall, which shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. <laughs> Amen. Back to 23. And, if, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Well, that scripture always kind of confused me a bit. 
For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. That's talking about us trying to do things in our old self. Whoever who, who, if I'm going to try and save myself, I'm actually going to, in the long run, lose my life. If I'm trying to justify myself, if I'm trying to make myself worthy to be in the presence of God, I'm actually going to lose my life. Because at some point, I'm going to die. And if I've been trying to justify myself, if I've been trying to do it under my own way and make myself good, then there's going to be a point in time where Jesus is saying, sorry, I didn't know you. Be gone away from me. Right? That's basically, it's a bit harsh, but that's what that's saying. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. You will lose your life. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. So that's talking about us not going by our old ways and dying to our old self, allowing it to slough off of us, allowing it not to be a factor in our lives anymore, allowing, but allowing Christ in us to rise up and take that place where he wants us to be, where he wants to be in our lives where he wants us to be. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? I can tell you from personal experience, as I tried to be the best husband and best father and best brother under, and son and whatever else, an employee under my own strength, I lost my life. I lost my life. I almost lost my whole family. I was not doing well at my jobs because I was trying to do it under my strength. I was trying to attain the whole world and justify myself before God. I was a Christian, but I was trying to do it under my own power, my own ability, my own reasoning, my own thinking, and it failed me completely, 100%. Not even a little inkling was it good. 100% it failed me. Failed me. It failed me. There is no part of life in our old self, life in the world, that will be good for God. I'd love to say it again. I just can't remember what it was. (laughs) There is no part of our old life that will give us any standing with God. Nothing of it. Not one little ounce, one little minuscule, not one little percentage of a percent will give us any standing with God. It will gain us nothing with him. It will advance us nothing with him. But when we choose to let go of that and we choose to embrace God and his ways, right? We have the mind of Christ. We don't have fear anymore. That's part of our old self, but we have love, power, and sound mind. Our mind is not our brain. Our brain is some gray matter in between our ears and behind our eyes where our mind resides. Our mind is a spiritual thing. It is, a spirit, it is part of our spirit. So when we allow the mind of Christ to rise up in us, we then start to think and act like Christ because we have the mind of Christ. Then we hear him, right? My sheep hear my voice. We've already heard that scripture this morning from Pastor Ann. My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. When you allow that to rise up within you, you start to hear his voice. Like, oh, okay, well, that's a good idea. Perfect example. Yesterday, I spent part of the day replacing the sealant on one of the corners of my gutters. Now, I guess about two years ago, 
I had to, there was a corner right by the back deck of our house that I had to do. And so I started working away at it. So when you replace the sealant, when you, when you reseal it, because it was leaking like a sieve from this corner. Um, and so you have to remove all of the, the, the sealant that was there and clean all the surface before you apply the, the new sealant on the gutter, on the inside of the gutter, so that the water doesn't come through it. Now, when I did the first one that was up on the, up on the corner by the deck by our back door, probably, what, 12? 12, at least 12 hours. 12 hours to get the sealant off using a little flathead screwdriver because I couldn't fit anything else in there. My hand barely fit in there. And I just, and I just chip away at it and get away. And 12 hours to get this off and then clean it out and stuff like that and about five minutes <laughs> to put the new sealant on it and smooth it out. And it, it worked. It's, it's stuck. So, yeah, it's, it's been great. That's been two years. So I had to do this one. So having learned <laughs> and grown in the Lord, I took time. I said, Lord, what should I do with this one? Because I don't want to spend 12 hours trying to take the sealant <laughs> off of this one. <laughs> I'd rather spend time with you or with my family. And he showed me. He said, get a hairdryer. Get a hairdryer. I'm like, oh, get a hairdryer. So I don't need a hairdryer. <laughs> so I don't have a hairdryer. <laughs> I know people. Three of them right here in the front row. And my wife was very gracious and lent me her, ha her hairdryer. And I didn't destroy it, praise the Lord. <laughs> But so I took the hairdryer, and in one hand I had the hairdryer. I still had my flathead screwdriver, and my hand could barely fit in there and stuff like that. And so I, I got in there, and with the hairdryer on low heat and stuff like that, I just started going away at it. And I noticed as it, as it warmed up, as the sealant warmed up, it actually started to come off on one piece. And it was, what, probably about two hours? Two hours and all of the sealant was off of the corner. And again, five minutes, and I had the sealant back on. Yeah, it did take some time, but it certainly didn't take 12 hours. What's the difference? I asked God. I let the mind of Christ rise up in me. I didn't rely on my own ability like I did the first time. I've learned, and I've grown, and I said, okay, Lord, you have a better way. I know you, you have to have a better way. There, there can't be any worse way than having to do this. There has to be a better way. <laughs> so there, there, is a, there was a better way that only took me two hours, and I was able to get a whole ton of other stuff done. We reorganized our entire garage, and I actually got a chance to go through... Um, my toolbox, I have a full, I have a full size toolbox. I used to be a long time ago when the earth was green and unicorns were all around. I used to be an auto mechanic <laughs> a long time ago. I used to, so I have all my tools. I was going through my toolbox and my very first car, I mentioned it a few weeks ago. My very first car was a 1973 Canary Yellow Volkswagen Bug. Oh, I love that car. It was so much fun. I had it lowered in the front. I had mags and, and, and performance tires on it and custom wheel and a really nice Pioneer stereo system. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that car. Well, I'm going through my toolkit and I'm filing, finding an oil filter for my Volkswagen Bug. I'm fi finding um, brake repair kits for my Bug. I found my owner's manual for my Volkswagen Bug. I had that when I was like 16. I'm now 51. <laughs> so I had lots more time to get a bunch of other stuff done because I took time to hear the Lord. I didn't rely on my old self. I let that die, and I chose to take the time to hear God and allow his mind to rule in my life. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, I want to turn to Mark 8. It's the same story, but it gives a bit more detail on it, and it showed something that I had never seen before. So Mark 8, 
verse 27. Mark 8, verse 27, that's just the gospel right before Luke. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others, one of the prophets. And he said, saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should not tell no man of, of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. So he said that openly so everybody could hear is what that means. And Peter took him, <laughs> took him, was like, Jesus, come here for a minute. Come here for a minute. What are you talking about you're going to die and all this kind of stuff? No way. That's basically what Peter said, to rebuke him. And Peter took him to, and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Jesus rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God. Ooh. Thou savorest the things that be that be of sorry. Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall sa save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So there's two things that I want to point out here. When Peter came and rebuked Jesus about what was supposed to happen, everybody's like, the way I've always seen it is, well, he has to go to the cross because that's what God wants him to do. But there's another aspect here. Jesus said many times, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I, I hear my father say, right? Everybody agree with that? That's in the Bible, that's what Jesus said. So that's him dying to himself, right? Because he, was, he, he had called himself the Son of Man. He was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit while he was in his ministry on this earth, right? So he was in perfect communication with God because he was sinless because of the way he, because of the virgin birth. Everybody with me? Everybody with me? Okay. So... He had died to himself, and he was only doing what his father said for him to do and saying what his father told him to say. Peter comes along and rebukes him and says, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. This is crazy. You have to stay here because you're our Savior. Everybody thinks of this as that, well, he can't go to the cross. But he's also saying you, can, you, you, have, you, you can't do what God's telling you to do. And walk how God's telling you to walk. Right? Because he only does what he hears his father um, tell him to do. And he only says what his father tells him to say. Are you with me? Yeah. Are you getting this? God's telling him. God's telling him that there's a way that he has to walk. There's a way that he has to go. There are things that he has to do that are going to put him in front of all of these people that they listed off that are going to condemn him and send him to the cross because that's part of him going to the cross and saving us. If he was, if he was to not do that, that would be him picking up his own human person and doing what he wanted to do. Cricket, cricket. Are you with me? So Jesus is that, he is always our example. So he took this moment here to show I am still dead to myself. This is not my life that I am living. I am living the life of my father here on earth to do his will, to fulfill the, 
the, the, the scripture that says that I was the lamb slain before the beginning of time. That was his purpose. Mm. You hearing me? In verse 34, that word deny, it says, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That word deny means disown. The Greek means disown. So we need to disown ourselves. Remember I said I'm dead. How about you at the beginning? We need to disown ourselves, disown our old self, become no part of it. Disown it, have nothing to do with it. It is a faint, almost gone memory of who we used to be. We have disowned it, detached ourselves from it, unhitched from it, unhooked from it. It no longer needs to be part of who we are. We deny ourselves, we disown ourselves, and we take up his cross and follow him. We allow him to be that first and foremost voice in our lives. Because like I... The gutter example, he has a better way for us to live. He has a better way for us to do and to go and to be in every way. Amen? See, if you hold on to your old self, you can only profit in the world. And frankly, the world's going to come to an end. Which means if you're profiting in this world, so will you. But if you choose to let go of it, disown it, allow it to become a distant memory, and you take hold of him, man, you have life eternal. You have life abundant. You have life. Oh, hallelujah, you have life. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's turn to Romans 6. Romans chapter 6. And we're actually going to read the whole chapter. Yes, I know it's a lot of scripture, but it's really, really good. As Pastor Jason always says, it's all just so good. Amen. Verse 1, chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, we won't. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus, were baptized into his death? So if you've been baptized, you've been baptized into death. Your old self is dead. Dead, 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 dead. No longer alive. Unless you, me, try to resurrect it. <laughs> That's the only way that it's going to come back to life. <laughs> we were baptized into death. Mm. Denny. Would, you can say no. But would you mind giving a quick testimony of your baptism? I'll just ask you questions and you can answer. Okay? Come on up. So, last was it last summer you got baptized? July 13th. July 13th. Awesome. Just over a year ago. Awesome. So, you've, can you describe to me what your experience was before you went underneath the water and when you came and then when you came up 
So, so before you went into the water, how did you see yourself? Well, I, um, <clears throat> you know, standing there in my shorts and T-shirt, it was kind of, you know, uh, <laughs> silly, right? <laughs> but um, uh, afterwards, I, I, I did feel like I was connected, like actually getting to know Jesus. And I... Um, I appreciate every day that that has happened. I um, love living the gospel and getting to know him and letting go of the old self and just focusing on him instead of me. It's awesome. And, um, Would you say that your baptism, that you saw a difference when you came up in yourself, that there was there was a different focus, there was a different view of things? Yeah, I started to focus on others than, than myself. Especially last night. Focused on quite a few people last night. Uh, Alex and I went out and prayed for a whole bunch of people. It was awesome. Awesome. Thank you, sir. A lot of people say that our water baptism is just is just kind of a symbol. And to a certain extent it is. But I can testify just like Denny that I actually been baptized twice. The first time when I first became a Christian in my 20s and then when God got a hold of me back in 2013, I went and got baptized again because there was such a change in my life that I I needed to and when you come up out of that water, your old is left behind. It's you going under the water is you dying. Yourself, your old self dying. And when you come up, you are a new person. You are a new person because that person, again, you've disowned it. By an outward act of going underneath that water, you have disowned your old self and allow Christ to become first and foremost, just like Denny described, in your life. Amen? Okay. Moving on. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the, from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. That's basically just described what we've been talking about. We can walk in the newness of the life in Christ because of what he did on the cross and because we have chosen to deny ourselves, to disown our old selves and allow him to be first and foremost in our lives. For if we have been planted together in likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Our old man is crucified with him, that that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We should not serve sin. That's part of our old self. Don't serve sin. Don't serve sin. But... Don't try and not serve sin under your own power because you end up sinning. Even just in the act of trying not to sin by your own power, you're sinning because you're in pride because you don't think Jesus can do it for you. (laughs) FYI, (laughs) just in case you were wondering. For he that is dead is freed from sin. We are free from sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our old man, we've disowned it. It is dead. And we are free from that sin. Mm, Hallelujah. Now, verse 8. If we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Hallelujah. 
knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him. If death has no more dominion over Jesus, it has no more dominion over us. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he live, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let, listen, focus on these two verses, verse 12 and 13. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it and the lusts thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Yield yourselves to God. Yield yourselves to God. That word yield in the Greek means to exhibit. To exhibit. We're to exhibit God in our lives. We are to allow God to exhibit himself through our life. These two scriptures here, verse 12 and 13, are talking about our focus. When I was teaching the girls to ride their bicycles, I used to get on my rollerblades so I could keep up with them if they got a bit crazy and went, went a bit wild. Um, so I would be right behind them as they're learning to ride on their bicycles without their training wheels and stuff like that. And I always told them, do you girls remember what I used to tell you? No, no, they don't remember. I used to tell them that you're going to end up where you're looking. You're going to end up where your eyes are focused on. So if they were looking down at their front wheel, they were going to end up down there. Or if they were trying to go this way, but they were looking at the little squirrel over this way, they were going to end up over that way. The same is true for us in our spiritual walk. Remember my whole last, last sermon was about pursuit, about where we're focusing on what's first in our life. These scriptures here, 12 and 13, are talking about what are we focusing on? What do we have our eyes on? Do we have our eyes on our old self and how it mauled us and, and didn't do right by us or anything like that and, and our sin that, that, that kind of wrecked our lives and, and stuff like that? Do we have our eyes on that? Or do we have on Christ, our eyes on Christ who has redeemed us from all of us, uh, gave us the ability to disown it completely? Do we have our eyes on Christ? Because if we have our eyes on Christ, we're going to be going towards him. If we have our eyes on our sin or on our old self, that's where we're going to end up. Even though you're wanting to go over here by Christ, but you're like, I want to go here, but you know, I just, uh, oh, I was just, I was so not nice to my wife yesterday and, and I was short with my kids and I could have been better at work or I really should have cleaned the bathroom instead of sitting down and watching that TV show or you know, you know, things like that. So are you looking, you're going like this and you're looking back here at the things that you've done? Let me say that again. Are you trying to go towards Christ, but you're looking here at the things that you've done? Because you're going to end up, you're going to list to the port side and end up going back around. You're just going to keep going around in circles because you're looking back. And you can't really get towards Christ, but you're just going to be keep going around in circles and in circles and in circles and wonder why you're not getting towards Christ anymore. Hmm? Hmm? We are dead to that old person. We are dead to the sin that was enveloped in it. We are dead to the old thinking. We are dead to the old ways. We are dead to the old thoughts. We are dead, 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 dead to it. Dead to it, hallelujah. Dead to it. It has no bearing on our life whatsoever. Put your eyes on Christ. Put your eyes on Christ. One of my favorite analogies of Pastor Jason's, and I use it all the time, I think more than him now. <laughs> but it is just so good. 
If you have a five-gallon pail of water that's about three-quarters full, and you need that water to be pure, but you've got clumps of dirt in it, if you try and get those clumps of dirt out by yourself, there's always going to be dirt that breaks off of it because you go come down and you grab it and you try to grab it as tenderly as possible, but you have to put some grip on it to pull it up out of the water and get it out of the bucket. You're at least going to have a, some residual behind there that's going to stay in that water and, and defile that water and make it impure. But if you avoid the dirt and you pour in water, and you just you pour in water so that the bucket fills up to the very top and you continue to pour in water so that the water starts to overflow on the bucket, the dirt is just going to sail over the edge and out and you're going to have pure water. That's our walk with Jesus. If you focus on the sin, if you focus on the dead self that you're trying to drag along behind yourself, instead of focusing on him and pouring in the pure water of his living word, you're going to get at least residual of your old self still there. But if you focus on him and allow that pure water to come into your bucket, into your spirit man, it's going to fill you up and all of a sudden that old self and its sin and its ways and its thinking are going to become of no effect to you, of no importance to you in the fullness and the joy of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. You know what? I think that I will stop there. Instead of doing the whole... In Philippians 1, verse 19. Philippians 1, verse 19. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of, of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To live is Christ, and to die to my old self is gain. You only gain from it. You only gain from it. Second Corinthians. I'm just going to quickly read it. It basically is saying the same. Verse, starting in verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. We don't have to know ourselves after the flesh. After our old man. After that sinful man. We only have to know him after the spirit. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, verse 17, he is a new creature. New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things have become new. If we are given our lives to Christ and we've let go of our old self, all things have become new. And what is all in the Greek? All. All. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's move over to Galatians 5. And we're looking at verses 16 to 24. 
Galatians 5, 16 to 24. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. This is the how-to. This is the how-to of dying to yourself. The how-to. How do we do this? It says right here, walk in the Spirit. Just like I was describing the bucket. Pour in the pure water of the living water of Jesus Christ. Pour in the Bible. Pour in time with Him. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you're pouring in the Spirit, the flesh is going to become no effect in your life. Mm, mm, mm. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that they cannot do the things that we would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Verse 19 talks about all the works of the flesh. We already know all those. Verse 20 does as well. Verse 21 does as well. But the, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. How to? So if we're spending time in the Spirit, like it says up in verse 16, if we're spending time in the Spirit and we're filling ourselves with that pure water of the Word and allowing it to do the work in our lives, we should start to see verse 22 come out in our lives. That pure love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See, against there, those things is no law. There's no law that can take those things down. There's no, because they are above the law. They are from the man who fulfilled the law. So they, in their natural act, will fulfill the law. And verse 24, and they that are Christ's, are you Christ's? Amen. Have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So if we're Christ and we're doing what I've been talking about, it's going to be gone. It is going to be gone. If we allow the Spirit to be first in our lives, if we allow Jesus to be first in our lives, it is going to be gone. John 12. The Gospel of John, chapter 12. Starting in verse 20. This is the result of what I've been talking about. John chapter 12, starting in verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew... And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Look at verse 24. This is the result of what I've been talking about the whole morning. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. That's our old self. So if we take that corn of wheat, our old self, and we don't let it die, we're going to abide alone for eternity. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. If it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. If we allow our old self to die, and we allow Christ to rise up in us because he's already in us. 
is us that's suppressing him if he's not living his full life through you. If we allow him to die, much fruit is going to come of our life. Remember at the beginning I was talking about purpose, a satisfaction of living in Christ that is uh, unlike anything else that we can ever experience. That's what this fruit is. It bringeth much fruit. It will bring much fruit in your life. You will be satisfied because of much glorious fruit. Think of the fruit that they brought out of the, the promised land, the grapes, the two people, the bundle of grapes the two people had to carry. They were so big. Fruit like that. Fruit, spiritual fruit in your life that will be so satisfying, so joyful. Mm, mm, mm. That's what putting him first, pursuing him dying to that old self, allowing him to show you how to die to that old self if there's anything that you're holding on to. That's going to bring that fruit, that, that satisfaction in your life. Amen? Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.